Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Bob or You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Go Home, Bob, You're Drunk, the podcast where we talk about the Bible and sometimes get drunk. Uh, my name is Justin. I was a, a former pastor for many years. Now I am just a man on the internet with a microphone. And I also have a podcast host that does this with me. Uh, yeah. Hi, I'm Tori. I was also an evangelical for many years of my own volition after having been raised in all of that nonsense. So, yeah, it's really kind of fun to go back and read the Bible and try to figure out what the fuck was happening because they were trying to take it literally. And when you do that, it doesn't make any sense. So here we are. Yeah. 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 So normally we do like a this week in evangelicalism where we cover a news story. Sometimes we kind of mix up that format. And I think this week it just, you know, kind of been a heavy week for some people and that's fine. So I thought we would do maybe a segment and we don't, I don't know how this is going to go. I I don't know if y'all know this, but we don't like usually have a script going into this. We have a rough outline. We have a rough outline. We have a rough (laughs) outline and we do pretty well with that. Some weeks, the outline's rougher than usual than others, but I thought we would do, wait, I don't know. (laughs) I probably messed that up. Are we talking? Are we talking about how you got faux canceled by Brian Suave, or is this, or are we doing hot pizza takes? Yes, we're doing all of that. (laughs) See, I thought we would name this subject uh, shit white people are mad at on the internet. And (laughs) my culture. Yeah, my culture. So we have a good friend of the pod. I'll plug that. Can I say their name? I'll say that. Portland Coffee, a wonderful friend of the pod. Hasn't been on the pod, but they're a friend of the pod. We need to fix this. We should should fix this. So I was able to meet uh, Cortland and Megan as well. They do. I'm just going to plug them. I'm just going to do it right now. 100%. All of it. They do the, the their after podcast, which is a great podcast. And they interview it folks that have gone through faith transitions and shifts and stuff. Wonderful podcast. You should listen to it. And, and Cortland, he had a take on the internet about a particular restaurant. It was like one of those meme formats. So the meme format was basically, let's go Brandon is code for blank. And then you would fill it in the blank. I did mine. Mine was let's go Brandon is code for I have an honorary degree from PragerU. That was mine. Oh, oh, okay. Keep going. I can't think about um, this. Keep going. <laughs> uh, but our friend Cortland said, let's go Brandon is code for, I think Olive Garden is a fancy restaurant or something like that. He deleted the tweet and there were, and you know, I, I do realize that there could be some, some classist overtones to that maybe, but the not, entire meme format is fundamentally classist. Is fundamentally classist. Like it, 
Yeah. Uh, so Excuse anyway, <laughs> but I mean, there were Have some. Have you seen the cars that those bumper stickers are on? Like anything making fun of those people is classist. Pretty much. Like, and and obviously you have to be careful. We could get canceled for what we're about to talk about, but I'm just going to throw <laughs> it out there because because the responses to me were like, essentially, you are by mocking Olive Garden, you are mocking my culture. Like, and who will defend the poor whites? Who? Yeah, the poor whites that that go to Olive Garden. Like, I, I, I'm sorry. Like, I'm going to burst a bubble right now. Olive Garden never was fancy. Like, I'm just, it might be a nice restaurant to you. And it's something you enjoy. Totally. I'm not going to yuck your yum. Not going to do that. But yep. like, it's not fancy. And that's okay. It's okay. And not fancy people who have shitty ass bumper stickers. Go there. Go there. And and and, and eat their ketchup. And ketchup. What? That's what I call their bread sauce is basically ketchup. <laughs> um. And and they enjoy themselves. They have a good old time. Absolutely. That's fine. Like, if you want to eat Americanized Italian food, go for it. There are more than enough options for you. But I just, it was funny to me the the like how incensed people got that you would mock Olive Garden, <laughs> the sacred Olive Garden. Like, like that is a that is a bridge too far to like. I was like, oh my gosh, like why are people so upset about this? And and I've seen like it's almost like there's I think I may even said something about it like. It's like a like I called someone out bingo on Twitter sometimes where like, oh, this is vaguely classist. So I'm going to cancel this person for being classist. And then I'll get like canceling someone for being classist on my Twitter bingo card or something, you know, and it's just like or someone says like that they vaguely enjoyed Tropic Thunder 10 years ago. And they're like, I'm going to cancel this person for being racist because they liked Tropic Thunder, which, you know, that's another topic altogether. But it's just like. Enjoying Tropic Thunder 10 years ago does not make one racist. I don't believe. <laughs> True. You know? Every single movie that we liked in like the early aughts would get us canceled on Twitter today. Like full stop. That's it. You could Probably. not show your face. No. Like in the world. I will All admit, of those movies were fucking awful. They were awful. Like Tropic Thunder was awful. But I will. I'm just going to admit it right now. I remember crying. In the theater. Because you were laughing so hard? I was laughing so hard. Innocent uh-huh. lamb, Justin, did, that did not know better. <laughs> yeah, I just, it, it the, the the whole story, but then I think just generally this like whole gotcha stuff that we do to each other sometimes, like, because it, it wasn't just like, I mean, there were a ton of conservatives that were like, you mocked the sacred Olive Garden. But then oh, there no. were other folks, you know, it was just like, come on, folks, like, like, this is not cool. So anyway, that's that's just what my feeling about it. we're saying here is that it's okay to be classist towards white people. <laughs> you, you I know, don't think that's actually what we're saying necessarily. Yeah. Like, classism sucks. Like, I don't think Ivy League institutions should exist. They should be taken over by the people. That's just my personal opinion. And yes, I will say that as someone who grew up extremely poor and with food insecurity, my black ass family going to Olive Garden and like yelling about the sermon after church was a thing that happened (laughs) because Olive Garden is not fancy and that's fine. And that's okay. It's okay. Uh, I will say I do mock my, one of my sisters that Olive Garden was her favorite restaurant for many years, like a decade, still make fun of her for that shit. 
because it's you funny. Know, there, I'm sure there was a season in my life where it was my favorite as well. <laughs> you know, or it was like this is this is like generic date night spot number three. Like, oh, you know, that's really like, cute. You yeah, know, like totally. I mean, people like what they like, and that's fine. But mm-hmm. it's just, it's more like if someone doesn't like it or doesn't think it's family fancy or even makes fun of it, that doesn't make them classist or racist is whatever ist it is towards you let people like what they like and let people don't like what they don't like yeah totally it's fine you know what i think is classist is that every single mcdonald's commercial is all people of color there's no white folks in those commercials anymore it's like they're trying to say a thing don't love it you perplexed me because you're right and i'm like (laughs) i I did not notice that right that's my point right is that like I know, I know, I know people, people can be really fucking mean on the internet and I get that and I respect that. And we all get in our feelings sometimes because we are robots being run by like trillions of bacteria and that is it. (laughs) So we're not rational animals is what I'm trying to say. And, uh, I think that that's okay. And I'm sorry, like if you really are of the, of, if you really are taking the stance that like saying fuck Joe Biden is like a bridge too far. So let's go. Brandon is the thing that you come up with instead. Like I have a lot of problems with you and like zero of them have anything to do with your income yeah, or your wealth. Like like you're, you have basically put a giant kick me sign on your back. If you think let's go. Brandon is like a thing that should be uttered by adults that it's like witty that it's interesting that it's like oh it's, it's a secret code nobody knows what we're talking like everybody knows what you're talking about with respect it's fucking uninteresting and you're not an interesting person and i that's what i get out of that a conclusion that i do not jump to <laughs> when people go to olive garden by the way yeah. i will yeah. say yeah. it has nothing to do with your personality let's go brandon on the other hand absolutely does <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to make assumptions about you, for sure. You were asking me to know a thing about you, and that thing is not not great. My favorite thing to do, or if seen done, is when someone like posts, let's go, Brandon, like someone just asks them, hey, what does that mean? They never (laughs) respond. They never. Oh, there you go. Like, is your grandma on the internet, too, and going to, like, watch you spell out fuck? Like, and that's. Yes. I don't. On Facebook. Like, I don't. Your grandma is on the internet. (laughs) True, true. They're like, this is so that our our elders don't see us writing the word fuck and they won't know what's going on. They're just going to be like, oh, who's Brandon? Yeah, who's Brandon? Oh, who are you talking about? Oh, let's encourage him. Like, yeah, so you met at church. So mocking that as like it's code for whatever stupid thing to me is not classist or elitist. I think it's just a thing that should be done. Frankly, if it's come out of Trump's mouth, that's your entire problem right there. <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. We, we solved the case. There's there's nothing else to say. <laughs> so, so yeah. So don't dogpile on people, for one, uh, really ever. Like, it's really not cool. I think it's good to call people in before you call them out. Like, just as a general rule. Yes. You yes. Know? Like, hey, maybe don't do that. And then, you know, like in a DM or, or something. Why why did you do this? I'm trying to understand because it felt kind of classist to me. Absolutely. Yeah. And, Ask and, questions. And Cortland actually responded to the the well-meaning criticism, or not, I shouldn't say well-meaning, the like criticism from like actual people that genuinely had a question. He responded very he responded very well. But it was just like the dog piling of like, you know, let's go Brandonites that were like, it's just like, first off, like none of y'all are descended from Italians. 
So like this ain't your culture. Like <laughs> for one, like it's not your culture. Anyway, just a wild world we live in. I I had an attempted dog pile this week by by the bearded Theobrogen. Theobrogen. About Twitter. Uh, about Twitter. You know the one. <laughs> if you're oh, listening. Yeah. <laughs> the the ones of the bros on Twitter with beards. Uh, Could we yeah. not know who specifically you were speaking of? Yeah, I mean, and it was like a Catholic adjacent one too. And, and traditional Catholics on Twitter are just wild. Oh, they are the horde. They, holy cow! <laughs> they there is if something. If any group of people on Twitter needs, we are legion. It is them. Uh, yes. Yes. Like they they like embody that sentiment <laughs> there is something in the host my friends yes. <laughs> like oh. anyway athea brogen said something to the effect of christianity being necessarily a conquering religion because um, colonizers because colonizers like uh, and that's what frustrates me about a lot of evangelicalism now is it's like it, it claims this like from the beginning this is the christianity of jesus and I'm like, well, first off, Jesus was a Jew. So there a. was no Christianity of Jesus. There was no anyway. Christianity of Jesus. He lived and died. And Details. Details. He lived and died a Jew. And I imagine he rose again as a Jew. You know, perfectly fine with that. But second, like, it was not ever originally intended to be a religion of conquest. A manual on how precisely to destroy your neighbor. Yeah, to destroy your neighbors. It became that for sure. You know, and I'm not going to huh, apologize yeah. for that. So, you know, I, I mean, I, I said something like, you know, oh, I guess you're just chilling for the Antichrist now. Of course, he blocked me. And then, of course, did the thing that they all do, which is block you and then, like, take pictures of your previous tweets and your profile. Send them, and then, send them out to their little their little Twitter mob. Not mob. Twitter mob. Yeah. Whatever. Twitter goons. That is the word I was looking for. The goons. And then, you know, there were some traditional Catholics involved. I mean, it, it uh, honestly, I ended up fine. I ended up meeting some pretty cool people as a result of it. But yeah, I just I this whole like mob mentality, um, not mob mentality. I mean, I mean humanity has a mob mentality. That's just because we're herd animals. We're we are it really isn't any more complicated than that. Yeah, we are herd animals that will like pair bond with literally anything. Like like I am emotionally attached to some of my children's toys. Like, you know, like, yeah, we will pair bond with anything and we will fight for anything, whether it be our favorite fat, not fast, casual, casual restaurant or, you know, so it, it's Christianity being Christianity. A- being a, a if any if it ain't a religion of conquest i'm gonna make it one well yeah and i'm like isn't this the inherent problem you have with islam like jesus christ exactly people. exactly just just pick a lane and stay in it that's literally all i am asking yeah all the other religions when they conquer people it's wrong but when we conquer people it's okay right mm, all right because god told us to or like there were, I don't even want to plug these particular people, but there were some people that were fans of a particular saint that defaced a sacred European sites in the name of Jesus. And I'm like, if if Muslims or pagans even rolled into a Christian site and defaced it, and you know God didn't strike them down because that's not what God does, and they took that as a sign that their gods were more powerful than your God, like, would you take issue with that, sir? Of course you would. 
Like, anyway, it's, I, I don't, I don't understand where people, why people, I, I mean, I understand why, but it's, it, it is frustrating. And I, I, I also don't like it to see progressive folks kind of jump in on that too. You know, the whole Bernie bro thing and, you know, whether, you know, all oh, Bernie bros, that's not a real thing. We don't cancel. We don't, we're not like that. Like, mm, no, you are like, mm, I have yeah. criticized Bernie's Bernie Saunders on the internet. I, I know Things what will happens. not go well for you. I know what happens when you do that. Dude, like I, I said something mean about comp, not about, I said that something that Kamala Harris said was not bright and somehow made the front page of Reddit because of that. And like, so all of the white liberals in the world decided to like accuse me of voter suppression and also told me to listen to black women. (laughs) So like, you know. Yeah, like, I think that sometimes if someone's causing like actual harm, I think that that's like a thing that you can consider calling someone in on, right? Like you don't necessarily and and or sorry, no, I'm like I think that if someone's causing actual harm, like dogpiling is sometimes an effective way to make them feel shame. Yeah, sure. Which I think is you know kind of different from canceling, and that I don't want people to like no longer want to live because there were a bunch of bullies on the internet. Yeah, <laughs> who are like. You are a bad person. Even if you are a bad person, I don't want you to hurt yourself. All that to say. There is a fine nuance, but it's one of those things that was like, okay, dogpiling is something that is effective in some cases. So let's do it in all cases. Or or what I I find is conservatives kind of mimic those tactics, but they do it all wrong. Or they do it in the way that they do it. Like, you know, dogpiling someone on Twitter typically is like someone with a massive account and you're just flooding it to get them to take something down or to get them to like rethink something like, you know, that is that is punching up very much. But most of the dogpiling I see from, say, conservative folks, especially evangelical folks, is like someone with a massive account retweeting someone with a much smaller account and being like, go get them, boys. And that it's the same tactic, but like how it is applied is very different. And that's where you get people that are like, I, I, I actually, I have a couple of friends now that have literally just deactivated accounts and started new ones. Like this account is dead now. Like it has died. It's just not, it's not, we, I feel like we have to be more strategic than just going, you know, trying to pick people apart and progressives. We do eat our own very quickly. And I mean, I think that honestly, even that sort of comes from like a good place of like, we have to be, we have to be a hundred all the time because yeah. any, anything that we do wrong, they will be obsessed with that and like ruin your life. So from, from that perspective, I get it. Like we just, we just do have like, they're just higher standards among some people, depending on your political alignment. Right. And I, you know, that's, it's, that's not like a, not trying to do like a both sides or whatever, but there are more effective ways sometimes to push back on something that was said. And I'm pretty sure I've said this on, I've, I've said this on here before, but like Twitter is not an effective tool for conflict resolution. It is an effective tool for conflict creation. That is all. <laughs> it is. It's, it's joy. It's for joy and chaos. Or, or I find something that amuses me or I find something that's interesting. And sometimes someone has a, a, a good thought, but as far as like, it's 140 characters, like you, you're not going to, what could go right. Yeah. Yeah. You're limited. And yeah. What, what, 
you're really going to get some nuances out of there, you know? So it is like for the quick, you know, quip or something. And that's, and it's, that's what it is for, but the whole, like, so-and-so is wrong. Here's my 40 some, you know, tweet thread, like write a blog post, buddy. Like I ain't reading that good for you. Or I'm sorry that happened. I ain't reading a thread either. (laughs) You know, Uh one of 48, like, First off, like, I, I don't know. I don't know how people do this, but like, how do you know it's 48? When you're starting. When you're starting. Like. Help. <laughs> how did this happen? And then like, did you, did you chain, like do the daisy chain thing all together and then go back? And like, like, that's just too much commitment to a thought. Mm-hmm. I have, mm-hmm. I've ceased mm-hmm. having it by that point. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say, I would say a very significant number of people who enjoy Twitter specifically have ADHD, which is why it works so great for us. Yeah. Because yeah, it's it's joy and chaos, but not but not a great place to try and like hold people accountable. Generally speaking, maybe politicians, please, politicians and pundits like go after those people. But I would say if it's like a, a person, like maybe stop and think before you fire off a tweet. I think that's really all we're saying. It could be just a better DM. Honestly, I've found that to be helpful. I've done this on Facebook. I don't think I've done it so much on Twitter, but if someone like yells at me on Facebook, I'm like, this would have been a better DM. This would have been better at a, unless you're wanting to perform for others. I definitely do. Like I, I won't, I won't like quote tweet trolls that I think that have like their real information and like real account. Like, you know, if they're, but if it's like you've been on Twitter for three weeks and you have seven followers and you're following 1,200 people, I don't feel bad quote tweeting you just to like teach a lesson. So once again, like there's there's not that much thought that has to go into it, but definitely consider it. Like, I, you know, I think regardless of the circumstances, like anybody under like 19, not cool. Like do not do. I think that that's really crummy to cyberbully children because <laughs> it impacts their mental health so much more than it impacts ours, you know, because they just haven't had as many experiences with people being assholes. So when it feels like the entire planet is coming after you, like that's going to fuck up your brain in a very different way if you're 16 versus 36. And and follower account isn't everything. I understand, you know, for a lot of people, like building a follower account takes time. But I'm like, if you've been on this app for six years and you have four followers, you're not worth my time. Like mm-hmm. nine, most of the time. I just don't like you. All you do is shoot shots at people <laughs> hoping to get retweeted. <laughs> you know, like I just you're not. Yeah, worth, yeah. Not worth trying to make trying to make uh trying to make people mad about a thing. Yeah, it's like you have four followers and you've been on here for like five years. Like there's well, probably a reason for that. The uh so the tweet that I saw this week that kind of fit this pattern was essentially it was like a person it, they didn't have the real name up or a name up in like their Twitter name. The image that they had, it looked kind of it was a black and white photo of a white woman. Again, didn't necessarily look like it belonged to the person running the account. And the tweet was basically like, why is it that 
we let white men get away with radically radicalizing women of color against us white women. <laughs> like, it's such a long pause. I'm like, uh, uh, I don't even know how to respond. I know. It's like, we are all sisters. We all need to be on the same side. And I'm like, oh. you're literally calling women of color radicals because they're mean to you on Twitter. And you're blaming white men for that because white men are the people that that we are most inclined to take seriously and listen to and model our behavior on. Like so, what so is you're happening right now? You you white woman are saying you have sniffed through the bullshit of white men successfully whereas black women have not. <laughs> like Uh-huh. Okay. This is the patriarchy tearing us apart. It's like you are a drama queen and you created this account three weeks ago. Tori's about to teach you a lesson. She's <laughs> just like, oh boy. Okay. I'm like, uh, yeah. And then there were a lot of really good responses, but somebody pointed out like, hey, this account has been up since July of 2022 and it is July of 2022. So um, they're just trying to make people mad. Right. And so I really appreciated the person that bothered to go and like click on their profile and actually figure, figure that out. Yeah. They're just saying shit to say it. Yeah. So then I didn't feel like I needed to respond at all. (laughs) I mean, in my head, I was like, you're a bad person, but I didn't tweet it. Yeah. If you believe that, (laughs) sorry. And if you don't (laughs) believe that and you just wanted attention, like, yeah, you're a bad person. (laughs) Right. Well, yeah. Okay. That's fair. I can, I can get with that. Oh, be be safe out there on the internet, folks. Like, and be good to yourself. This is crazy times. And typically white people are mad at very strange things sometimes. And I don't know, like sometimes you don't have real things to be mad at, and your nervous system just feels the urge. The urge to rage about Olive Garden. A thing. Something. I and I have I have ranted about things that I have strong opinions about before. Sorry, this is total digression. And then we'll get to the Bible story, folks. But there was a someone posted a thing about um, it was on a dating app or something. And they they said the it was like a screenshot or something. And it was in a dating app. And it was something that they said they typically ask people on dating apps, like, what is a non controversial thing that you are like, you have a hot take about a non controversial subject? What's your hot take? And this person, like, I mean, out of the gate was like, I believe that COVID is being spread. I think I've seen it being dumped into Lake Erie. (laughs) Like it was this like top tier conspiracy theory. Like it was developed by the government. They're spreading it. I think I saw it, you know, being spread out over Lake Superior or something. I just don't have proof. (laughs) That is not an inconsequential hot take. Like, <laughs> oh man, you have that's failed the really, assignment. really funny. Like, yeah, but like, you, you don't have something genuine. Uh, not ever. I mean, a lot of people have things genuinely to be upset about, but there's not like this systemic thing pushing you down in the same way that a lot of other people are. So you're like, uh, COVID's being spread by chemtrails. I know, <laughs> and I'm mad about it. Sign up for uh-huh. my newsletter. Yeah. Instead. Be mad at white supremacy and transphobia. Yes. Don't be mad at people that are mad at 
white supremacy. Hey, there you go. Be mad. There's an idea. At white supremacy. (laughs) Just a thought. Throwing it out there. All right, folks. Thank you for listening to this segment of what started as like shit white people are mad about and turned into just like Twitter best practices. But we appreciate it. Uh, And we're going to talk about Queen Vashti uh, here after the capitalism break. So stick around. Hey, everybody. Thanks for pausing for some capitalism. I just wanted to give a shout out real quick to a new patron of ours. So this is Connor. They're joining us as a deacon and the deacon tier for our patrons. So they get access to our discord, which is a delightful place uh, where you can discuss episodes. You can discuss the crazy stories that you've had in evangelicalism. You can even just, you know, post pictures of your pets and food, which is, you know, I, I haven't run a discord before. And it was mentioned to me by one of our by one of our moderators, like, hey, let's, you know, make sure you put like stuff for people to contribute. That's like not part of the show. I'm like, okay, like food and stuff like, oh, yeah, food and pets. I was like, okay, I'll just throw this in there. It's not going to be used. No, like, that's a very popular channel. Everyone Uh loves it. I love it. So it's just a fun community. And it it can be a little break from the kind of wildness that can be the the whole internet, the entire internet. Yes. This is just, you know, a a corner of like-minded people, which I, you know, I find very good. And, and, and also like when bad news stories break, people being able to support each other um, and just having a safe place to talk about that. It's, it's been really cool. So Connor is a new part of that. If you would like to join, go to patreon.com slash go home Bible. Really. It's just to help support the show it covers a lot of our costs and other things helps us, you know, get, get, get new nice things to make the show a little bit better. Also, we are kind of in the middle of a patron drive right now. We are getting very, very close to our goal to get um, 50 patrons. When we do that, we want to have a listener hangout. We want to meet you guys in person. You guys, you guys. It was like the youth pastor for a second. Y'all. You, you, you guys. Uh, <laughs> we want to meet y'all. And we want to you know, see him. And so we're going to do that in Washington, D.C. It's going to be a good time. But first, we would like to have 50 patrons. So get on that, folks, if you can. If not, share this podcast with a friend. Give us a five-star review on wherever you're listening. And yeah, we'd greatly appreciate it. We're going to do a little bit of a series uh, because we're trying to just be a little bit light because it's summer and it's crazy. So we're going to talk about different parties in the Bible, which I just find delightful. This was an idea that came up when we were talking. We did the one in Daniel, that wild party. And now we're going to do a party with Queen, Queen, the the King of Persia and Queen Vashti and, you know, what, what they got up to. So, Tori, do we have a drinking game for this this party? To inspire well, people to party. Hmm, uh, I would say anytime we are talking about a party that uh, gets turned all the way up to nudity, you could take a drink. Because that's <laughs> maybe kind of what this story is about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it like this this first this whole first chapter shit's going down. I'm not yep. saying it's good shit. But it is going down. <laughs> it's going down. It's yeah. also really funny. Like uh, the Bible puts a, sometimes a lot of effort into describing parties. <laughs> True. Like, I mean, this party went overboard. I mean, if you want tips on how to decorate for a party. The Old Testament has got you covered. <laughs> yeah. And Esther chapter one goes into great detail of the drapery and what is going on and the food they're having. And then like every time they consult somebody. It's like a council of people and they're all named. It's kind of wild. So 
I can go ahead. I'll go ahead and tell a bit of the story and then yeah. we can kind of chime in as we need to. This is in the book of Esther, uh, which is mostly known for a problematic beauty pageant, which we will cover at some point. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm just laughing about the, the whole thing. So, uh, but we're just going to focus on chapter one because this is the this is a, the party. Uh, this is the party of parties thrown by the king of kings. And... So this is the, and uh, so this is chapter one. In the days of Joy and I were texting each other. We don't know how to pronounce this. Ahasuerus. Ahasuerus is how it was pronounced to me as like a six-year-old. <laughs> yeah, or Xerxes. Right. Is, it's like Artaxes or Xerxes or Ahasuerus. Yeah, I think this is the Bible's way of saying we made this shit. We don't up know. <laughs> and choose your own adventure. So, and he ruled a lot of shit all the way from India to Ethiopia. He ruled all the things. And he sat on a royal throne and he's like, you know what? I'm going to have me a party. I'm going to display all my riches. I'm going to just lay it all out there for 180 days. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like these, these Jews that we have captured, they have their eight crazy nights. Like, no, we need to have our 180 Persian days. So like it's just for six months. Yes. Like why? I just, yeah. Once again, they partied hard, so hard. And then they had a side seven day banquet in the middle of this. (laughs) Like, okay. All these people are partying hard. We're going to have our own VIP party. We're going to go up to the VIP Mm -hmm. booth Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. we're going to party even harder for seven days. I, I, this I'm, was the I'm, after party. I'm, yeah, this is the after party. After 180 days, we're going to have a <laughs> seven-day rager. There's like a week-long after party. <laughs> yes. like, I, you know, I, and at this point, I'm proud of them. Like, good for you. It, I, if I could go back in time, I would certainly want to be part of one of these crazy Persian I would want to drop in, for sure. Yeah. I would prefer me to be a younger version of myself. Going into oh, one yeah. of these ragers, but I cannot hang. This has been articulated. <laughs> yes. 25-year-old Justin would really love to go. Anyway, so and and then they describe the furnishings. It's white linen, a blue curtain, sung by cords of even more linen and purple wool and silver and alabaster. I mean, this is like really setting a mood here. This is very lavish. There were and there were no restrictions on drinking. The king instructed all of his supervisors that they should do as everyone desired. That is what my version said. That they Open should bar. do as everyone so desired. This is okay. So All this right. is a oh, according to the desire of man and man. Whoa, like, okay. Like Interesting. This, like, there's a huh. footnote that says like we don't know what this means. Yeah, the Hebrew is the desires of man and man. <laughs> so huh. put that That's in fun. your cap. <laughs> um I don't often learn things like while we're still alive, but I was like, oh, mm-hmm. Oh interesting fancy because queen vashti was having her own little party her own little party her own so there was no there was no one else there it was just the dudes it's just the dudes drinking as much as they wanted so so on the seventh day i I love how king ahu asuerus asuerus uh (laughs) he only gets this drunk on the seventh day like this has been 187 days, motherfucker. Yes. What is happening? And and now they're like, like now now he's feeling the effects. Now of the, the shit wine. is going down. 
I think wine was code for like other substances, but that's just perhaps. And I will say too, my um the denomination I was a part of, the university I was part of was a teetotaling denomination and they they would make a big deal about how like, you know, drinking water was not good and so people would, you know, drink, you know, drinking alcohol. water. Oh, drinking water was yes, not good. drinking water back um, then. Yes. And so people would drink wine, which is true, but this but, but it wasn't very strong. It's like no, like the, they knew how to make real strong drink. They knew how to do that. It wasn't like whiskey, but they could make 15 and 20% alcohols quite easily. So anyway, so he get, he was feeling the effects of the wine and he ordered his eunuchs, uh, all of them who are named. May I, human? I, you know, it, I know the... that's what it is, but I want to say me human. Me human. <laughs> me human. My eunuch come forth. <laughs> Biz the Habonga. <laughs> I'm not even Habonga. Mine Har- says Harbona. <laughs> Why big Harbonga? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is great. We have completely different names. A bag. A bagtha. A bagtha. Zeth- Z- Zethar. And Carcass. 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 Tag yourself. I'm Carcass. Yeah. These these are like their nicknames. These are like their rager nicknames. We got Carcass over here and Bazanga. <laughs> And Biff too. <laughs> like, oh anyway, no! They weren't eunuchs when they we started, but they're eunuchs now, man. Uh, anyway, um, oh, poor babies. So he ordered them to bring Queen Bashti into the king's presence, uh, wearing her high royal turban. I think it was high royal turban, and that's it. And that's it. I have royal crown, but yeah. turban makes more sense given that turban. This is yeah. And he wanted to show people in the official beauty for she was very attractive. But Queen Vashti refused. That's like such a okay, can I just pause right yeah. there? Cause like that's that's such a badass line. Yes. Like there just aren't a lot of lines in the Bible about a like a woman refusing to do a thing that a man has told her to do. Yeah. And I was thinking about this because, you know, we, we read through the Bible every year because we were better than most Christians. And it's like this story was funny because like, not funny, but like the perspective on it was just like, well, she disobeyed the queen, the queen. She mm-hmm. disobeyed the king. She didn't do what she was told. She was supposed to, you know, whatever, whatever. And she didn't show up. Show up. So like, that's a, val- that's a valid reason for her to be disposed of. I'm just saying it was from a really anti-feminist t- lens yes. that this was being read to us as children. Yes. Yeah. And and I I remember, I think it was in a book, like some marriage book by Marky Mark, that where he went through this whole story and was like, this is why she was punished because she didn't bow to the king, you know? Um, and this is why Esther was praised because she bowed to the king, even though Esther later in the book does still defy the king. <laughs> In, in a smaller way, it's a different way, but maybe more subversive, but there is quite a bit of king defying going on in the book, the book of Esther. So, and we don't know why it's assumed that because, you know, she probably just didn't want to be degraded and humiliated in front of all the guests, you know, she clearly like, wasn't an exhibitionist. Yeah. So. And we're, we're pro sex work. We're pro nudity on this podcast, but we're also like pro consent. And if you don't want to do that, that's true. Do as, as she, Queen Vashti did and refuse. She's like, she's like, no, I'm not doing this. And I'm like, I'm just waiting for somebody to ask me. 
Like we have very different opinions on this, Vashti. <laughs> That's fine. I'm just saying. I mean, she could have been doing this for 180 days already. That's yeah, that's true. She, she could well, just be okay. tired. Also, can't you just be like, I'm on my period? But I don't know. Maybe she was like pregnant, or maybe she didn't have a period. I don't know. That's just like yeah. usually that's Who a knows? lady thing that you can do. Just be like, I can't, I can't go out there naked, obviously. Yeah. Uh so <laughs> There has been some speculation as to why she didn't want to go out. The consensus, I think, in like Jewish midrash and things is that, you know, it was because she was going to go out naked and she didn't want to expose herself in that way or be humiliated in that way. There's also some people that say, like, it's possible that, like, to display her beauty meant, like, to kind of put her up for auction kind of thing. Mm. It's all speculation because this is not in the text. There are some other people that have speculated and which from of which I find fun some of them are wish that she had contracted leprosy at some point and didn't want to appear that's one of them another states this is this was from something that the angel gabriel did something to her like fixed a tail upon her and she didn't want to appear i don't angels man angels just just what throwing, the fuck is happening just throwing tails around yeah, this was in a commentary, the the like Oxford Companion to the Bible. There's and there's also some speculation that there's like this holidays in history book um, that said that to fix a tail upon somebody um, could also be a euphemism for like spontaneous transformation from like female to male. So okay. like she grew a penis, or maybe she always mm-hmm. had one. Perhaps she was mm-hmm. trans. And just didn't want to go out. But it's also like, that's really strange because why would a Persian king want to display his, I assume, feminine wife's beauty if she was trans? I mean, maybe. I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't know the... I uh, mean, I think... I don't know the opinions of of trans folks in Persia. So it could have actually... At the time. I mean, it could have been actually a very beautiful thing for Persians. I don't know what their views were. I feel like historically something that comes up a lot is that like having, having any kind of like body configuration that was considered abnormal or unusual was actually something that was considered a good thing in Mm -hmm. many many cultures across you know thousands of years and obviously like trans people have always existed so there's there's that too yeah this is really this is real i did not realize how much this got into like gender politics yeah i mean it really does and so they didn't teach us this I mean, it's it's a possible reading that Vashti was trans. And if that delights you or encourages you, I think that's a possible reading. I mean, I have to be honest, given all the eunuchs that are walking around, it seems like there's at least a 50% chance that this is what was happening. True. You know, there were... There were a lot of people with, you know, who had had certain kinds of body modification surgery, consensually and, and not. Yes. And yeah, body modification was quite common in the ancient world and like for the gods like there was a goddess uh kibola who was a goddess of like the harvest and things and this is a greek god and there's there's accounts of thousands of men sometimes in these spring festivals now whether it was actually thousands or just a lot even if it's a dozen every year i think it's a lot giving their all to kibola and making themselves like the goddess by you know Mm. like getting rid of everything and so that's rather common in the ancient world. Also, I just want to say eunuchs were not always 
men who had removed their genitalia in some way. You know, Jesus actually talks about people who are born eunuchs. That's a euphemism most likely for gay men. So there's not, there's not like intersex people or intersex folks, people that do not have attractions that were deemed quote unquote normal Normal. in that Mm -hmm. time. And just to note, Jesus talks about that in the context of these people will also inherit the kingdom. So if you're not affirming what very little Jesus says about being affirming, which is next to nothing because he was a first century Jew, but where he does, he does get like shockingly close as well. So anyway, so eunuchs were a class of people that were just, I'll say, and I don't mean this to be offensive, but I just kind of like to lump it all together. Sexual oddities. However, that yeah, is Yeah, like, they, like, and I think that that makes, like, I don't know, like, in, ter- in terms of language, like, it's not like, oh, this is super flattering language, but at the time, potentially could have been a very flattering thing to be considered that way, yeah. as we've been saying. So I don't, you know, I don't think that that's inherently a bad thing, the way that it so often is, like, culturally, it's like a considered a very terrible thing in U.S. culture right now to, like, present in any way that is, like, different or not considered normal and like cis people have gender affirming body surgery like bottom surgery every day in this country nobody gives a fuck because it's like something that we care about a lot is like presenting a certain way so yeah i think again in some ways like people just don't don't change i mean and and again these are people that were you know these eunuchs were close to the king like Mm -hmm. they were high advisors they had a good station in this world i mean it was not yeah like higher standard of living than pretty much anyone else on the planet yeah like if it would actually probably be better to be a eunuch in the ancient (laughs) near east than today Mm -hmm. or presenting as as uh, sexually different than right than yeah. what is considered air quotes normal. Anyway, that, that was a fun side trail. But Vashti, for whatever reason, refused. So like, and I th- like, so the king gets a big mad, like a rage consumed him. As you do. How when you- dare. <laughs> How dare she? So but what I think it's funny, it's like, he doesn't know what to do. So he inquires all of his wise men and discerners and all the like the the like the tarot readers and whatever of the time. Like, can you read my chart to figure out what to do? I mean, in fairness, this man has been high as fuck for yes. half a year. So I mean, you know, there's gonna be some neurons that are breaking down at that point. I'm sorry, like be kind to yourself and also have fun, but like that's what happens after six months of going hard nonstop. Yeah. And so I'm among, sorry. <laughs> yeah. And among those are a, another list of nicknames, Karshima and Shithar and Ad, I can't even do it. Memris and Mimunkin. Yeah. Mimunkin. I don't know. Someone who actually speaks Persian is probably shaking their fist at us right now. But anyway, people uh, who whose names are in here for a reason. So they got together and they tried to figure out, okay, well, what's going on? The king says, you know, by law, you know, what should be done? She has not obeyed the instructions that King Ahuerus uh, conveyed through the eunuchs. So Mamukan then replied, the king, you the wrong Vashti has done is not just against the king. Basically, she's committed a crime against all of us. All men. All men. Like, and like I won't read the whole thing, but it's like basically, like if she can refuse you, all the women can refuse us. So she should be punished. 
I love that. Like at the end, it's like, there will be no end of the disrespect and discord. <laughs> yes. Wow. Okay. Calm yes. down. Like, like, like for the good of society, the other women are going to hear about this. Yeah. Well, you don't punish her. The girls are going to find out. And then none of them are going to listen to us. Things are very fraught at home for this man. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, concerned. I don't want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, I've been at this rager. So, so anyway, you know, from, from the, you know, so the society is in trouble. And I think the the big tagline is, you know, Vashti may not come in the presence of the king. You know, the king convey her royalty to another. The king must convey her royalty to another or her, her station to another who is more deserving than she, which is foreshadowing of Esther and let the king's decisions and you know so it's like so we need to give it to someone who's more deserving so then an edict was put out they mean more compliant more yes exactly to send letters throughout the provinces everyone according to their you know like we're going to translate into this in multiple language that every man should be ruling his family and should be speaking you know like every man should be the ruler of the family we're going to all the women will respect their husbands yes and queen vashti just kind of fades well, I wouldn't say she fades from history. She fades from the book. Whether she was a real person or not is up for debate. Ahasuerus. Yeah. That should be a dinosaur name. If I ever discover a dinosaur that has not yet been discovered, that is what I'm going to name it. The Ahasuerus Rex. The Ahasuerus Rex. Yeah. So weird story. Again, like it's just party times. All the time in, in these all places. All the time. Party times all the time. I mean, I'm for it. Same. Same. I also have, mm, I don't know, like this is, again, like this is just me and like obviously consent is more important than like circumstances or like peer pressure or whatever. But I'm like, there were clearly other naked people there. <laughs> you guys, it's been six months. Like there are not a lot of, it's Persia. There are not a lot of clothes going on. I'm sorry. There just aren't. Yeah. So it, it to me, it maybe makes more sense that there was like something that she like felt ashamed of mm-hmm. because I just don't like nudity just was not considered the, I mean, there was just no yeah. none of this like puritanical nonsense around bodies and, or rather nudity was not conflated with sexuality the way that it is now in our culture. Yeah, nudity was just like you're, you know, people are naked. It's fine. As people have bodies, how yeah. weird. Yeah, how ugh, gross. Yeah, uh, yeah. Regardless, she was just like, I mean, I could have honestly, it could have been like because it was the seventh day, she might have been called out every other day, and this was the day she was just like, nah, nope, nah, buddy, I'm tired. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, for I mean, yeah, she could have been on her period. That could have been another, like, sorry, not doing it. Completely valid. Any Regardless, reason that you have to say no is yeah. a valid reason. Yeah. If you want to say no, just because you want to say no, valid. And so I, I think it's interesting that I like that feminist scholars and feminist theologians have really taken up Vashti's cause in a lot of ways and, and, and made the story about her in some ways. That mm-hmm. you know, this is this is about refusal, and this is about being cast out for refusal, and this is about the fragility of men, and and I can say that because I am a man, and we can be fucking fragile. 
Like, she, she said, no, what do I, what do I do? Like, I, I just imagined the scene, like, where like the eunuchs come back and he's like, she said, no, like, ah, uh, I, I, I'm being oppressed. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, what happens? Is this what oppression feels like? Uh, uh, you know, like just this like shock that the world just doesn't go your way uh, uh-huh. suddenly. And I, I think that to me, that makes the story compelling and interesting as a human narrative as a, and I think even setting up Esther in that way, but also making her not entirely subservient as she starts out that way. But if, as the story goes on and we'll cover it more in depth, she does start to become subversive towards the King where she does things that you know, you're not supposed to do as the queen. That you're not supposed to do as anybody. As, as anybody. Like she just like shows up. It's like, hey, King, I have a request that you're not supposed to do. So, and I don't know what can be gleaned from that as far as like how to be subversive in ways that are effective versus not, maybe. Um, mm, that's yeah. That's and versus a- just like saying no, fuck that shit. You know, I think that there's definitely some, there's definitely some like room for thought there you know, to kind of kick this idea around. And I think it's, I mean, I think it's pretty cool, honestly. I also, I mean, it is, it's fucking hysterical that all of these dudes are like, if you let this stand, my wife is going to kill me. So you need to shut this down right now. It's like, buddy, you haven't seen your wife in a year. Yeah. And it, you're so drunk, you wouldn't recognize her anyway. <laughs> totally. She's like had twins and like, gone (laughs) just gone back to school everything is just like completely it's like you just peaced out bro like you need to you're not in charge here i'm sorry you're not yeah and i mean these are human stories like i mean you see this now like i mean during the various feminist movements in the united states like what was the argument this is going to be the breakdown of the family and and men more or less asking like what is what can we do now like if women can do everything, what's there for us to do? The, that Tucker Carlson ball sun tanning documentary or whatever it was, like it was, it was like titled "The End of Men." Like men will be over because of women. I don't know. Like, <laughs> like wait, wait. Okay. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. Because of all of the other time that women have exterminated men throughout history this is a very serious problem you guys i don't think you understand the seriousness of what could potentially happen here yeah or maybe he's deeply concerned yeah i don't know tucker Carlson's weird the men are secretly being exterminated yeah like come on like i don't i don't understand it's it, it's fear is what it is it, it's fear yeah. about and and i do Losing understand control. i don't want to entirely because i mean we could we could we could slip into classism and be like you know like we don't need manual labor anymore we don't need you know um and i do i do have i do have compassion and i do have empathy for typically poor typically white you know men who are whose jobs are being displaced they're being moved you know the, the economy shits on everybody yeah and but poor poor rural communities get shit on a lot so I can understand the grievance and I can understand maybe even latching on to like, you know, especially when Fox news has it on blast that, you know, this isn't, this isn't politics. This is, this is, you know, feminism, you know, they're trying right. to like make you less of a man. 
and destroy the dignity of your manly work. You know, it's like, no, it's yeah, like women, it's women like, are responsible for shipping your job overseas, bro. Yeah. But like, and th- it sounds ridiculous, but like when you can stoke grievance towards like somebody, whether it's, whether it's a, cl- whether it's someone's gender identity, whether it's, you know, someone's, you know, not conforming gender identity, whether it's someone's color, religion, whatever political affiliation, if you can stoke grievance, then people focus on that and not the real problem. Because real problems are more nuanced than our ape mm-hmm. brains readily grasp. Right. Like that's, you know, it is a lot easier and and it's sad. It is a lot easier for me to go like that color of person equals bad. Right. Like the ape brain is is much it, it's that translates a lot easier than hmm, the sociopolitical context with which I find myself. <laughs> you know, like. That's, yeah, it's a lot of brain cells got to fire to yep. diagnose a problem correctly and then to organize around fixing that problem. If I can just hate queer people or hate women or whatever, that's a lot easier and it makes me feel powerful. And and that's that's terrible. I'm not like defending it or anything. I just I I can see well, that's how it, I, I see the psychology a lot, and yeah, I, a lot of the time. And I can be proud of the Bible in some ways for 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 naming that. Even if even mm. in a problematic book that is very sexist in its presentation, I can I can also go like good on you Bible for for like making fun of this phenomenon of like if if women don't comply, we're fucked. <laughs> what do we do men let's make a law oh my gosh i love it so are you gonna get a vashti tattoo tori you know i i really i really hate that like you figured that out (laughs) i was sitting here thinking about that yeah oh i didn't know you were actively contemplating it i just figured i wasn't until we started talking about it and then i was like huh i need to do something about this (laughs) yeah so I will let you know yeah. once I come up with something. She's a badass. Anything totally. else you want to add to this mm, delightful tale? Yeah. Consent. The end of the day. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that matters. Yep. I would I would agree. Now, for my favorite question, you know it's coming. You know it was coming. Mm. We're talking about a gorgeous hot woman. Mm-hmm. Who would you cast for the role of Queen Vashti? Oh, God. Every single time this happens... And then it's like, Does it this, uh, is this, I know, uh, no, I actually, it's not really like where my, like my brain initially sort of goes with that. I'm sorry. What I was, oh yeah. The, just like the ADHD response of like, what's your favorite song? I can't think of blank. a single, yeah. I can't think of a single song that exists in the world right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like happy that, birthday. That is a real, that is a real thing. <laughs> Oh, it's just like, oh, I'll see somebody's face. And it's just like, well, I'm never, never going to find out who that is. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Hold on. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll come back to me. Just a sec. Okay. I will say, I'll just, I would say Rosario Dawson. That's be... literally like the first thing that came to mind. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's delightful. I feel mm-hmm. like she can embody that energy quite well. It's a small part, but. I think she has the gravity. But it's important. And the and, and she's gorgeous, you know. Mm-hmm. So I would say that. King Xerxes, I'm I cast King Xerxes as Oscar Isaac in that role. Every time. Every time. Because I 
I I feel a way about his beard in Dune, <laughs> and <laughs> I cannot not see a Persian king. Oh, when my I think goodness. of him. Oh my goodness! So. so funny. See, every time I think of Xerxes, I just think of three hundred. <laughs> my brain yes. breaks, and that, that's yeah. all there is. That's true. It's like you are eight feet tall and sound like a hundred rivers. Yes. <laughs> and like you're got... okay. like, weirdly like androgynous and like attractive and repulsive at the same time. All all together, all, all rolling into one. Yeah. Xerxes in 300 is like a thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> is is like he's a god. He's a god. That's what we, he's a god. Like, yes. He's a god. So whoever that actor is reprise the role of Xerxes oh boy yeah I don't know like that's kind of yeah I I know I Oscar Isaac is like a nicer image in my head but I don't think that I will I I'm gonna be on my fucking deathbed being like what did Xerxes look like <laughs> that'll be it you'll be you'll just think of the 300 guy like, uh-huh uh-huh oh. yeah oh yeah um total tangent but like, I do have like certain memories that I'm afraid are going to be my last memory. Oh, <laughs> like, always. The last thing I think about. There was, it was when I lived in Denver, there was a squirrel that like, you know, these squirrels were like digging the dumpsters and stuff. Okay. And the squirrel came out of the dumpster with like, like double fisting someone's leftover chicken wings <laughs> and was like eating these chicken wings. <laughs> and like, like the idea of a carnivorous squirrel just hadn't crossed my mind. Oh my gosh. And like it is Can I- it is a nightmarish memory. And I'm like, I do worry, like this will be what I worry about. So so yeah, I carnivorous, do worry. Carnivorous squirrels. I do worry that that's gonna be the last thing I think about. Well, you know what? What are you gonna do? <laughs> exactly. I'm just gonna ride, just ride that memory down. Uh-huh. To wherever happens next. Yep completely all right well thanks everybody for listening to this episode of go home bible you're drunk if you want to uh, catch more of our antics you can follow us on social media on twitter or instagram at go home bible i am on twitter at justin d gentry tori is on twitter at tori glass you can follow us for just the the further antics or other projects that we do uh yeah we'd love to connect with you that way hope we have a great week and yeah we'll see you around Bye.